You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Central City Citizen, the unofficial The Flash podcast, a poppychularadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, October 10th, 2018, and I am your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, The Flash. Please welcome my co-hosts, Brittany Garcia. Hey, everyone. Glad to be back. Dan O'Brien. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. Jeffrey Aruz. Hey, welcome back, Central City citizens. Uh, it's Trey Shway. And Pablo Herrera. Hello, everybody. Let's jump into our recap of Season 5, Episode 1, which was titled Nora and aired on October 9th. Here's the official synopsis. Team Flash meets Nora, Barry and Iris' daughter from the future. While Iris seems happy to see her, Barry's concerned that Nora could alter history by interacting with her parents' younger selves. And to be fair, Barry has every reason be worried about someone screwing up the timeline by visiting a parent. The team encounters a new metahuman named Gridlock who's able to harness kinetic energy. When Barry tries to send Nora home, Wally reveals to them that Nora's blood is saturated with what are called negative tachyons, which react with the speed force, meaning she can't time travel. Barry asks Nora what happens to him in the future, with Nora revealing he never returned after disappearing in 2024, and she's lived her entire life with her mom. Gridlock causes a plane to fall out of the sky, so Barry, Nora, Wally, and Cisco go to stop it, with Nora providing Barry with a flash ring suit. They phase the plane through buildings before it lands safely in the river. At the end, Barry agrees that Nora can stick around for a while, but we did get some hints that her relationship with Iris in the future isn't everything it could be. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 5, Episode 1. The episode was viewed by 2.1 million total viewers and got a 0.8 in the demo rating. That is steady from last year's season premiere. So, what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Just how shway was this season premiere? Brittany, let's start with you. All right, I'm glad you picked me, because you know how I am with The Flash and how I like to talk down. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) This premiere was awesome. I missed The Flash. Um, It wasn't anything amazing, but it it hit me on the feels, especially with the, the reveal of Nora and what was going on at the end of last season. And I wanted to know what they were going to do with her. Were they going to do what they were teasing in the ta- uh, the trailers? Or was it going to be a twist? And that's what we got. And I really, really enjoyed that. There was one thing, only one thing in this whole premiere that I didn't like. And maybe it's small, maybe it's big. But everything else I thought was fantastic. I loved all the... Um, I loved Nora's actress. I thought she was fantastic. I even didn't mind Ralph in here. I think they really fixed them. So, um, yeah, this premiere was really great, and I can't wait for episode two. This looks like we're going to have a good season of The Flash. 
Jeffrey, what did you think of the episode? It was shway, baby. Wait, Brittany, are we melting your cold, dark heart? You're getting the nah, feels I... already? <laughs> yes, I mean, come on. It was already foreshadowed last season. I just I just knew it was going to happen. So it was adorable. And it's mostly thanks to the actress, I think, for Nora. She really played, like, the cute daughter that wanted to be with her dad. I don't know. It was just so cute. Okay, I'm, I'm impressed. Rabbit, we have character development on the podcast. It's fantastic. <laughs> But back to my initial reaction. I really enjoyed the episode as well. It's kind of weird to say, because they said it in the episode, it felt very vintage Flash. And I guess Mm -hmm. we can kind of say that now because it's season five and we are headed to episode 100. But it felt very old school. It was light. It was bubbly. It had the feels in it as well. The great, uh, you know, small character interactions. I felt like it was very much a setup episode, but a setup episode in a good kind of way there was a lot of exposition but it was all very interesting and it was um it was very well written so i am looking forward to seeing what they're going to do this season i feel like all the setup that we got was for really interesting stuff so uh all the way so that's two positives or two shways if you prefer uh pablo you're new to the team do you want to uh stand up against the old kids and uh come in with some fresh hot new take Actually, no, I, I I really have to agree with them. This season premiere was everything I expected. I mean, they introduced Nora in a good way, um, kind of like a Bart Allen twist there. Um, very, very, very interesting. They're sticking to basically the comics, and I, I really look forward to seeing how it all plays out in the end. Okay, and Dan, here's your first chance to weigh in on an episode. Go for it. All right, so I suppose I'll be not the odd man out here, but I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I love The Flash. I'm happy it's back. It's such lighthearted fun, and I loved Nora. Nora stole the show, but it was a little saccharine sweet, and Flash always is, but I don't know. I'm curious to see where they go. It was definitely a Temple episode. They were setting up the rest of the season. Uh, you know, you could see hints. They, they did a really fun name drop that I'm sure we're going to talk about at some point that, that I thought was kind of a fun allusion to both, you know, the 2024, you know, storyline there. But I liked it. I'm not trying to be contrarian. It was a little saccharine sweet because I know that we wanted it to come back and we knew Nora was just going to be this a fan favorite type of character. But, but I, still, I still loved it. It was just a little saccharine sweet for me. Dan, well, go sit in the corner. Thank you for your honesty, Dan. You're wrong, of course, but thank you for your honesty. No, I'm, uh, I'm strongly with the majority. Um, I, uh, I just, I, I, again, uh, you know, um, as, as we mentioned before recording, I was taken by surprise. I thought the show wasn't coming back till next week. So, you know, when I sat down to watch it last night. I had this wonderful sense of, oh, my God, all these wonderful people are back. And, uh, and uh, as was said, you know, in other people's, uh, you know, uh, comments on it, I, I do think they cast Nora perfectly. I think the actress plays her really well. Uh, and there was, you know, a, a nice bit of heart to it as well. So for me, this was definitely uh, a very strong episode. Not that uh, Dan is wrong, but you're wrong. But before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash and why Dan is so, so terribly wrong, well, welcome to the show, by the way. <laughs> Express your opinion, get crapped on by everyone else. Um, and you didn't even disagree with us that strongly. Uh, God help you if you say something good about Ralph. Um, oh. Here is our announcer. Watch out for Brittany. announcements. <laughs> Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. 
You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. Okay, let's start at the very beginning, which is, of course, a very good place to start. Uh, Jeff, let's start with you. What did you think about the idea of having Nora deliver the opening voiceover? I liked it. I always like when they remix the um, the opening narration and the ending narration, and I liked hearing her POV. I loved that it started off, you know, with a, uh, as they usually do at the start of a season, a little bit of a recap of what happened last season, and then it kind of, like, paused and rewound, and she's like, hey, I'm excess. I really liked it. You know, I think we're going to keep on, like, effusing all of this, like, positive energy about her, but they cast her perfectly. They picked the perfect actor that was, like, I don't know what they did. I feel like they grew her in some sort of genetics lab, because it's like they took Candace Patton, and they took Grant Gustin, and they found the perfect human being that looks like both of them, and that has their same sort of, like, enthusiastic energetic personality that they bring to their own characters on the show like i just love her and i loved hearing her it it felt uh refreshing because we're always sort of well well always i guess you know that is the right term yeah We, we we just always hear barry allen at the start of the episode and so it was it was a nice little remix to uh the intro and just and also what you're... they also did ju- just really quick they also i guess remixed or redid the title card because they yes, use now the that. colors they use her colors as well it was awesome um and Brittany, just uh playing off of uh, uh what jeff was saying about uh the casting we talked about uh this actress last season we got to see a little bit of her last season but this was her first chance to really inhabit the character tell us who she is and tell all the other characters uh who she is so what did you feel about uh, jessica parker kennedy's portrayal of nora overall in this episode oh it was it was great i think they played this really well because last season there was a little bit of awkward like uh, especially when she was around Barry when we first see her. And then as she was meeting or running into purposely or 
accidentally, I'm pretty sure it was purposely, um, with the other members of Team Flash, and they always gave her a little bit of like, oh, I'm awkward, but I'm cute, but I'm also mysterious, and what am I writing in my journal? And here, we just get, you know, the info dump while she's just acting like, you know, part Barry, part Iris, but I would say a little bit more Barry. Um, and I just, I loved it. I don't know, the actress did her homework, or um, they gave her, like, what to do, a description, but she she nailed it. And what I find fascinating, too, is I believe the actress is older than Grant Gustin, uh, and I think she might be younger than Candace Patton. I don't know. I, I just know that she's older than them. And I was like, oh, my God, like, where are her genes? That's amazing. Um, but she's just doing a fantastic job, and throughout the episode, I just really enjoyed her character and the fact that we're going to have her longer Uh I don't know how long. I'm, I'm for now. I'm just gonna say I'm. Just, I'm gonna say at least half of the first uh, uh, of the season. But uh, I'm so excited. You know, I mean, we can talk about the twist later. But I just, uh, I'm. I can't wait to see what we're gonna what we're gonna have with her. I mean, y'all. Well, some of you know how I was about Wally and the way he was at first. But I think Nora's really gonna be some a, a fan favorite, and I'm super excited. And I think. Uh, Casting the right actress has a lot to do with that, so I can't wait to see what uh, she's going to bring to the table. Yeah, she may have been cast because she has the look, and I think, you know, when she first appeared in the crossover last year, uh, you know, uh, I said she had to be uh, 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 Barry and Iris' daughter because she looked like if Grant Gustin and Candace Patton had a child. Uh, But she's... She's so much more than just the look. Uh, I really liked how she was able to run with the character uh, in this episode. I see what she did there. Ah. <laughs> um, Pablo, uh, we were talking about uh, her getting the chance to inhabit the character and, and really interact with the other characters for the first time. She, I mean, she's met them before, but it was always just in sort of brief, almost cameo appearances. Uh, so what did you think about the, uh, the dynamic? Because Nora knows everyone in the room from the future, so she has an easy familiarity with them that they don't have. To them, she's a stranger. To her, she's, they're the people that she's always known or heard about. So uh, did any of the interactions early on uh, with, the, uh, with the family or the larger Team Flash strike you as interesting or significant? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the way she, she was feeding off of everybody, like if she was comfortable with everybody, she was kind of giving Iris the cold shoulder. But we, we, we cannot, you know, kind of guess why, you know, that was happening um, because of the twist that, you know, happens throughout the, the first episode and why what she explains happens you know to her her and Barry's relationship but overall she was very very you know calm and collective you know towards everybody else except Iris but ultimately like there's something like that she's hiding I, I feel like there's something else she's hiding that she's not really telling anybody but hopefully throughout the season we get to know what it is And Dan, uh, Pablo was mentioning, uh, you know, there's a a certain uh, coolness between uh, XS and Iris. Uh, What did you feel about the different ways that Barry and Iris were interacting with Nora before the twist that Brittany mentioned? It was kind of interesting, because you got to imagine, based on the twist, you can kind of extrapolate what their relationship was like in the future. But what I really liked about her, you know, probably most centrally, was that we got kind of this callback to the way... Barry Allen was when we first met him on Arrow, right? Just this speed-talking, bumbling, excited-to-be-their-happy person. And the show, you know, I, I love the trajectory. I love where they've gone despite some missteps with the villains. But they did—they kind of got away from Barry being happy-go-lucky 
and it makes sense, of course, right? The more that happened to him, the more he was he was kind of burdened with. But we got to see some of that lightheartedness with a lot of characters that we there's so much steeped in their relationship and so much has happened to them, you know, kind of over time. So it was nice to see that that kind of work. I, what I'm interested uh, in terms of relationships uh, with Norris specifically is with Joe. I'm curious how that kind of turns out. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I had a great relationship with my grandparents and the whole granddaughter, you know, grandparent relationship is, is just really interesting. But uh, Bob, just, yeah, she was just a highlight of the show, just a, just a, a bright light. <laughs> um, did anyone else have anything they wanted to mention about uh, Barry and Iris interacting uh, in different ways with Excess? Uh, I really felt for Iris because you could tell, like Candace Patton did a really great job emoting the, the fact that Iris just wasn't connecting with her like the awkwardness of their conversation the very i love i can't even believe that candace Patton could pull it off because she's so young but the way that she was the awkward mom like like the whole shway baby like oh yeah shway like i know shway like everybody knows shway like it was just it's what a parent does when uh, their child you know has like the new oh yeah i know what the kids say like it was just played beautifully but uh, my heart broke for her every time that she saw that uh barry and nora were connecting so easily and she just didn't have that connection with her so uh, she just did a fantastic job throughout the entire episode, emoting it. And I think the uh, the coolness uh, of that relationship was hinted at uh, last season, but I think they're they're certainly playing on it more now. And and we're going to find out, you know, something about that. Maybe you know, Iris didn't want her to use her powers and was afraid of losing her, like she lost That's Barry or something like that. But mm-hmm. I think yeah. we're going to deal with that and i think it'll be uh, it'll be great because you know we've always talked in the past about you know finding things for candace Patton to do and i think this will give her a really interesting uh you know uh way of trying to deal with this daughter who for reasons totally unrelated to what iris has done has a resentment against her uh and i think that uh, could be really interesting uh, and of course, because Nora's from the future uh the writers had a chance to drop in a few easter eggs for us comic geeks uh Open uh, question to anyone. Did any of the uh, little Easter eggs stand out to anyone? Yes. The ru- Oh, yeah, go ahead, Pop. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Lightning Lad. Lightning Lad. And we saw last uh, season she seemed to be writing an interlac, which suggests, and that is a comic thing, that uh, XS is part of the Legion. Uh, anyone else? Easter eggs? Yeah, I, I, the Ryan Choi name drop, you know, specifically as a fourth generation Adam, um, was kind of interesting because he, he did invent the technology for that... Uh, the seat in the ring thing. I thought that was kind of a, a fun callback. Well, the newbies have uh, picked up the Easter eggs. How about the old guard, Jeff, Brittany? Uh, were you guys just, did you have to turn up the uh, the volume on your, uh, your earpieces so you could hear what the young people were saying? Yes, I felt like Iris in the episode. I didn't catch any of the Easter eggs, but I always go and look back and see if uh, any of the fandom can give me some of the Easter eggs and stuff. So, uh but yeah, I didn't know anything else besides that. But I did um, look up right now about the ages that I was talking about for uh, Grant, Candace, and Jessica. Actually, yeah, Nora, basically the actress, is older than both Grant Gustin and Candace Patton. Uh, so that's uh, that's interesting for me. <laughs> Not for you guys. <laughs> um, for me, uh, as far as Easter eggs go, the first one when she just casually dropped the word Grife as an expletive in conversation because that's a legion of superheroes that's you know the the swear word that they use uh and the other one was of course she mentioned the flash museum 
which I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get references to uh, going forward because that was always a big big part of of the comic book lore and and really established the idea of how important the Flash was uh, to Central City as you know their resident hero that he was you know the beloved character. Um, okay, uh, moving on uh, in the episode, uh, we do get the big reveal uh, that was mentioned that uh, Nora's been lying. Uh, she could go back anytime she wanted to. She was, you know, basically dosing herself with those anti-tachyons to make it seem like she couldn't go back. But she wants to stay in the past to get to know her father, who disappeared when she was still too young to remember him. Uh, so, Pablo, what did you think of that reveal and Barry's reaction to it? Well, basically, what I, what I first thought, when I heard negative tachyons, I thought negative speed force. So, I'm like, could they be hinting towards that? Um for those of you who don't know, the negative speed force is like a big thing in the Flash comics that, you know, basically Thawne uses, you know, against Barry, and eventually Barry ends up getting it. But uh, overall, Barry's reaction to what, you know, Nora was saying about lying and and why she did it, I guess, you know, he totally understood because he grew up with without both of his parents, so he felt for her. And throughout that, you know, mutual exchange of words and, you know, her telling them, you know what, I lost you really young, like you lost your parents, you know, give me this chance to get to know you. She basically hit him in the feels and he ultimately understood why she wants to stay and he's, he's cool with her staying as long as she doesn't reveal anything to anybody about the future. Uh, and Brittany, you, uh, of course, have never been hit in the feels in your entire life. Uh, what did you think of that scene? <laughs> Um, I mean, it was just, just, I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I, that, that's, that's how I feel. I'm speechless. Um, I really didn't expect to be, um, hit so hard with the feels. I thought that the whole mystery for, uh, for Nora was going to take at least half the season. I really thought that they were going to drag this out. Um, but upon learning, you know, she, she basically just tells Barry everything after, uh, he, you know, he confronts her. It was just, whew, it's it's a lot. But I feel like I'm with Jeffrey on this one too because I feel bad with Iris. What's going on? So I I think this episode was specifically more about Barry and Nora, and I think we're gonna get some more Iris stuff. We just got like a little a little bit of a tease here, but this was definitely more Barry and um, and Nora. And not only was the twist like or the 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 reveal uh emotional but so was what happens later in the in the plane sequence uh where he um he helps uh he helps her phase i know we haven't gotten into that yet but it was just emotion after emotion and i was just like oh my god we've only known this girl as well as we have from this episode and I can't believe I'm already, like, in the field. I don't know what happened to me. I, I really feel like after all these seasons of the DC TV shows, I'm just I'm just an emotional puddle. So <laughs> I thought they set it up quite nicely by letting uh, Barry have that uh, that moment with Iris. Yeah. You know, uh, saying that, you know, he just wanted, you know, the normal life, you know, being there for the child and then finding out he's not. Uh, you know, that, uh, that, and again, you know, it's, it's, it's the flash, it's, uh, it's Barry's show and any chance we get to see, uh, you know, Grant Gustin, um, uh, cry to, you know, call back, uh, Jess Carver, um, uh, is, uh, is, is a moment that the, uh, the writers will obviously, uh, uh, take advantage of. Um, so after the reveal, but before, uh, Barry makes his reveal that she can stay, uh, Barry, Wally, and XS have to team up with an assist from Vibe, uh, to stop our meta of the week, Gridlock. 
Uh, does anyone have anything they want to say about Gridlock? It seems, spoiler alert, by the end of the episode, this is our last chance to talk about him. His um, powers look good. The CGI yeah. looks pretty good. It <laughs> reminded <laughs> me, you know what? It reminded me of um, Black Panther, the suit, because oh, it collects the energy. And Although this time around, like it, it's just building up versus uh, Black Panther being able to redistribute it. But uh, it just immediately reminded me of Black Panther for, for some reason. I, I liked I liked the CGI, but I think what I liked the most about interacting with the villain was the cops and Barry, like having their little like, oh, "Hey, yeah. Flash, what are you wearing?" <laughs> yeah, you know, that, you know. I thought that was like the best part, <laughs> which felt yeah. like a lot like season one. So there you go. And it also does show, like, Barry does have that tendency to get a little cocky when he's in the mm-hmm. field. Like, uh, oh, I've, I've super punched the bad guy, so now I can just chat with the cops about, you know, my suit's a little tight. Um, um, and, as was mentioned, uh, you know, even though Excess has never been able to phase before, Barry's able to talk her through it uh, on the plane. Although I found it was interesting. He did it with a memory assist from Eobard Thawne as Harrison Wells. Uh, Dan, do you think there was any significance to their using that particular memory? Uh, it's a reminder that while Barry is the mentor to all the new speedsters, uh, whether it's Wally or Jesse or, uh, or Excess. Um, you know, his first mentor was a baddie. Do you think there was any significance in using that particular memory in there? Yeah, I, I thought there might be, not just because it was Thumb and not just because it was Wells, but because the whole tone of the show was set in that episode. I mean, I, I don't know how much love there is on, you know, the podcast for John Wesley's ship, you know, and his portrayal of both Barry's dad and then, you know, uh, Golden Age Flash there. Um, but, but that... That inner relationship was always great, and Barry's always kind of looked for mentorship throughout the, you know, throughout the show. So it was an interesting moment to, to use that version. But I, what I think it speaks to is the idea that, I mean, we're going to get a new Wells this season, and apparently it's going to be like a Sherlock Wells or something. Um, but this idea of a revolving Wells does provide this kind of constant mentor in Barry's life, even if the, the character itself isn't the mentor that the memory of him is. So I, I kind of felt like it was more about just remembering what Wells meant and what the idea of being a mentor to somebody else meant and giving them the, you know, the confidence and being aspirational, inspirational, all that stuff, you know, Friday Night Lights. So, um, we, you know, was more important necessarily than that, that it was fun. Uh, and after they successfully phase the ship uh, through uh, a couple of buildings and a bridge, and yet somehow don't phase it through the water, go figure. Uh, they, That's because uh, you can't successful. phase through water. Oh, of course, silly me. Um, Barry, unsurprisingly, comes around to the idea of Nora staying with them. I'll just open this up to the panel, anyone who wants to weigh in. Any thoughts on that decision uh, or the reactions we saw from Nora and Iris uh, when, uh, when Barry said that, no, she can stick around for a while? This is not a good idea, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I want to get to know Nora, so I love that they're doing this. Um, but I'm really wondering if what Wally said will like hold merit for as long as Nora stays with us, because I, I refuse to believe that something is not going to go wrong with her staying as long as she will. Um, so I don't want anything to go wrong. I would really like everybody to be happy. That'd be really great. I, you know, I'm kind of tired of having the feels. Um, but I'm still excited I'm to see what's going to happen. I'm tired of having the feels. Well, because wasn't the problem was that she can't go back right but that's actually a lie so mm-hmm. was also her helping Barry a lie too or I mean well like what happens in the future because she wasn't supposed to help him is that was that supposed to happen or is that where she messed up and that's actually a problem they need to fix or 
Am I overanalyzing? Well, I well, don't I think. Okay, she, that's interesting. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say. I don't know if her helping him that time is what causes what happens in the future because we've seen that headline since the beginning. Oh well, no, not the not that it caused the headline, but I thought that that was also some a problem she she made because there was two, right? The one that one she can't go back. And, or no, the first one she says is that I wasn't supposed to help you, and now I can't go back in my own time. So are both of those just like not true? Because well, no, she can't go back. Uh, she so that that was cleared up. Her helping yeah, so, him, I think that was more so her being worried that it would affect the timeline. Well, I don't know. Maybe that was just me. Maybe I need to rewatch it, or maybe they'll explain more in the second episode. But that was the only thing I didn't know. What was like if we um. We couldn't clear up or whatever, but either way, I'm excited for Nora to say I still think something's going to go wrong. If not that, of what I just said, um, uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I mean, I really, I, honestly, I'm really interested to see how Nora and Iris are going to get through this because I re- I'm really wondering what happened with them. Is it because they spent too much time together? Is it because Iris changed after Barry left and she wasn't really a mother? Like, I'm, I want to know what's going on here, man. I'm all here for the family drama. Y'all know me. Well... The newbies don't know me, but you guys will learn quickly. So, <laughs> that's, all, that's all I have for now. I wonder if it's going to be as dramatic as what happened to Marty McFly in Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah, right? That was right? a nice little... Uh, well, throwing yeah. it, uh, as uh, Brittany mentioned, over to the newbies. Uh, Pablo and Dan, did you have any thoughts on uh, Barry's decision uh, or the reactions? Yeah, I think they... Oh, go ahead, Pablo. <laughs> no, uh, my thing is that she now she's trying to prevent what happened in 2024 from happening. Just like Barry tried to prevent his mother from dying, she's trying to prevent her father from dying. So is she going to cause another, you know, flashpoint? You know, that that's the only thing I can see that's going to happen. But it just might be me speculating, but I really do think, you know, she should have gone back to her time. But then we wouldn't have her on the show. Think, man, think. I know, right? Uh, Dan. <laughs> What are your thoughts? Oh, I, I suppose I was just going to say there's a, you know, the, the, the writing cop out, I think, left it open to, to something bad potentially happening. But for us not to think about it too much, the idea of, uh, you know, fixed moments and soft moments, I, I, I'm kind of with Brittany. I think something is going to happen. Um, I'm sure it'll be sad, but I think it'll be one of those things where we won't be able to look too carefully at the decisions that were made and how they affected it either Flash of Spring, you know, uh, reappearing from where he was gone the 25 years in this season because Nora's there because he's actually been chasing Nora this whole time or some, you know, weird causality problem. Um, but, 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 you know, I, I kind of I felt like they, they kind of cooked it in already for us to not think about it too hard, right? Because Flashpoint had that, uh, you know, it created more problems than it, than it kind of solved. And then this season they kind of corrected one of those continuity problems with you know dibney's you know time travel problems and his the whole verse uh, yeah because you know in, in the very first episode <laughs> you know that in, in the very first episode wells talks about not wells but thon as wells uh talks about how he lists dibney's name as one of the names that died in the initial particle accelerator explosion mm-hmm. but yeah. here's dibney now in the future right so i feel like they closed that loop with dibney's kind of like oh i don't know and i think the writers were kind of poking fun at you know all of us kind of watching saying you know don't don't take it too seriously I, you know we have these soft and hard moments so you guys don't have to you know understand quantum mechanics so <laughs> understand what barry's doing right 
Well, and and also like just uh, with a reference to that, like you know, in terms of the the sort of sly references, when Ralph is getting back up to speed, one of the things he said was, "Why didn't Eddie just get a vasectomy rather than killing himself?" Which I exactly. totally didn't get on the first reference, but it's like that's a callback to the end of season one of The Flash, mm-hmm. where of course Eddie kills himself Ooh. to wipe out Thawne. And hey, that was a great point. Why not just get a vasectomy, Eddie? Because he could um, get in the moment, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, um, could you imagine? Uh, Ooh, that's yeah, a, that's a bad way to go. Yes, uh, Brittany. Dan set you up right now, although he doesn't know it, but he's, he just said, you know, maybe something bad is going to happen, and you said it as well. This is your moment to talk about killing people. Oh, my God. Well, if I is Joe going to die? die this season. Oh, Lord, no, not Grandpa Joe. Don't do that. <laughs> Newbies, Brittany loves to talk about killing off the characters, so. No, the CW likes to have every season have a murder or, you know, a death or something. So I just go along with that. And I just want to be the first one to guess it right. Not that I want it to happen. There's two different things there. Um, I did not get any um, vibes of murder for this season. I don't know, maybe the articles coming out for the episodes will tell me otherwise, but I do not feel like anyone is going to die. Um, and I hope not. Um, but I will say before we wrap things up, I think the only thing that kind of bugged me this episode was Barry finding out what, what happens in the future and that he's not there for Nora and, uh, he doesn't tell Iris. I'm really hoping, I'm hoping they clear that up next episode because I do not want. It's an Oliver Queen style mistake. Yeah, I don't want the CW drama. I don't want it with a married couple. I can handle it with boyfriend, girlfriend, maybe, um, you know, engaged couples. But please not in the marriage. Please don't do it. And I don't want no excuses like, oh, you were so happy. No. Tell your wife what's going on and work through it. Please, Flash Riders, give me that at least. Okay, I'm done. But you know they're going to do it because they have to make Grant Gustin sad. It will. I, I mean, I can understand. For they this can episode, make him like, sad without doing that. I know that, well, they know that Jessica gets all, you know, she has a fetish for Barry's tears. But anyway, um, I don't mind that it's the first, I didn't like it in the episode where he doesn't tell her, but I can understand the shock of it, and maybe he's planning on how to tell her. But if it's any longer than, I don't know, a couple episodes, I'm going to be a little bit frustrated with Barry. And I don't want that because I've learned to kind of love Barry through these seasons because it's been... It's been crazy for me. You guys, you guys know how I am with Barry, so I want, I want it to be just like all out in the open. So I hope they do that. I agree. I co-sign. I hope that he tells her sooner Pronto. rather than later. Yeah. yeah. I don't want an Oliver Queen issue between Barry. Lord, and... please. Yes. Yeah. We don't need <laughs> that. We don't need our two ships uh, crashing yeah. in the night, basically. Yeah. I want to say, because no okay. one mentioned this, and, and I'm kind of veering in a very different direction, so I, I will just do this non-sequitur really quickly. I really need to see King Shark versus Gorilla Grodd. Oh, oh that was, yeah, that, that was another one of the Easter yeah. eggs that was, uh, was mentioned. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I need that in my life. Uh, before we leave the time travel, uh, one thing that, you know, uh, that... Uh, and, you know, and honestly, until uh, Pablo mentioned the idea that Excess is doing exactly what Barry did, and we saw how that ended... Um, I'm bothered whenever they, they look at characters who are, you know, active in 2018. They're talking about what happens in 2024, like they can't change that. If you're in 2018, 2024 hasn't happened yet. You don't have to worry about changing the future. There is no future. We're making the future uh, moment by moment. So 
to say anything else is to basically believe in predestination that, you know, all this has happened before, all of this will happen again. So I don't like it whenever Barry is worried about screwing with the future. I mean, yes, if he screws with his past, then he's screwing with stuff that has in his timeline already happened. But if you want to screw up anything that happens after 2018, I think, you know, you're free to do that. And letting Norris stay, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. And, you know, if they do change the future in some way, that's okay, because I don't think the future should be seen as set in stone. Um, and, and one of the things that's kind of bugged me about uh, the Flash, like you know, you know in the uh, the unfortunate Savitar uh, season, was that whole sense of oh, the future is fixed and you can't change it and everything like that. Even though on another DC TV show, we're seeing them change the future on a pretty regular basis. Um, <laughs> hey, I, but anyway. ooh, I have a point to make, and Professor oh. X is going to blow your mind, or maybe die. Okay, <laughs> I almost said blow away, and I thought, yeah, well, you know what? That's mean. So. We know that Barry is alive in the future. How do we know this? Because oh, yeah, through, during the invasion storyline, he sent a secret message to the team about not trusting Barry. And it was older Barry. Oh, yeah. good point. Wherever he has gone after 2024. Oh, God. I don't even want to dive into that one. I'm just going to let you say what you want because that whole storyline was so confusing. I don't even, like, I don't know. So... But that, but that was pre-Flashpoint, wasn't it? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Was that pre-Flashpoint? Yeah. No, that happened. That Wait. was post-Flashpoint because... Oh, yeah, there was uh, a whole Flashpoint secret. That was when they were dealing with uh, Unhappy Cisco. Yeah, and yes, this is when yes. it exposed Flashpoint to everybody. Yes, but he, 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 they found that message before he brought up about Flashpoint. But it was post-Flashpoint happening. When they told him. No, Flashpoint happened at the start of the season. The Legends found it a couple episodes in, and then yes, the, everyone but, found out about but Flashpoint. The legends, but the Legends exist outside of time. I'm so confused already. I don't know if I buy that. But thank you for trying. Okay, I'm putting a temporary moratorium on all time travel talk. Okay. Um, <laughs> it could just be a multiverse. It could just be a multiverse problem. A many-verse all right, right. Thank you yeah. very much. Yes, I think yeah. that's the problem that happened with Marty McFly in Terminator 2. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's it was a function of the many-verse that, you know, the there Terminator was a tried Terminator to 2 yeah. that had Marty McFly in it. Uh, but we spent a lot of time talking about time travel and its consequences. Lest we forget, there were other characters in this episode. Nora was clearly the standout, but it was nice to see Ralph coming to grips with the many-verse and Cisco dealing with the consequences of his breakup with Gypsy, which I had completely forgotten about. Um, perhaps the only significant character uh, development was Ralph finding that uh, Caitlin's father's death certificate was forged. Mm -hmm. uh, Brittany, any thoughts on what this will mean for the future of Caitlin and Killer Frost? Oh man, I I hope it goes to something. I I, I mean, I can predict for now that uh, Caitlyn's finally gonna have a storyline that maybe lasts longer than a couple episodes. I mean, this is this is huge, and this was teased last season, and I I was hoping they were gonna go through with it. And I think uh, I think we're gonna get that. We're gonna get some answers of her past, and we're probably gonna see her mom again. Uh, we're probably gonna meet her dad and. Uh, I'm pretty sure I read that there was an Easter egg about um, the name of the guy that forged the, the death certificate. I think somebody pointed out, I'm pretty sure it was Reddit, that that guy goes by the name Icicle, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So, okay, yeah. well, there you go. Okay, so I think uh, I think we're in for some really great answers. Uh, I'm excited to see why or how... Uh, Caitlin was born with her powers. Was she experimented on? What is her father an evil scientist? I mean, 
I'm interested in it. They could go any way with this, and I'm really, I'm excited. That means that there's more storylines in this show that I, I'm excited for, aside from Nora's, which is huge. But um, and I'm excited to see what Ralph's gonna do with his uh, detective um, skills. Surprisingly, I'm excited for Ralph. Oh my god, I said it. I can't wait to see uh, what wow. they're gonna do with Caitlyn. Yeah, I know, right? What's going? I think I'm more just character on the high. development. I'm on the high of Flash coming back. If they turn him back into those really gross, like perverted jokes and all weird stuff, I want to see some some character development from Ralph. And we got some cool stuff with him in this episode, and I want to see him team up with uh, with Caitlyn for that. And of course, you know, Drunk Cisco is welcome on my screen any time of the day. We got Drunk Barry. We got Drunk Caitlyn before I think in season one. We got Drunk Cisco in this episode. Who else needs to be drunk? I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I, I invite all of that, so, yeah. I think you're right, too. The idea of pairing up uh, Ralph and Caitlin uh, to go on this sort of side quest is a great idea because it gives them both something to do that's not related uh, to the, the big Nora arc. And that's uh, not romantical. Does... Yes. Well, yes, as long as it's not romantic. Because, Well, yes. although, Caitlin, I would think you'd be shipping them because that would mean Ralph would die because everyone oh, who dates true. Caitlin. Oh, well, if they fix Ralph, you know, I don't. he doesn't need to die, so it's fine. She's got that killer um, snatch. Finally, at the very end of the episode, we get a glimpse of what we're told will be this season's big bad, Cicada. Uh, it was more of a tease than anything else, but he clearly wants to kill Metas and seems to be using a weapon that, to my eyes, looks suspiciously like the Flash insignia. Uh, Dan, any thoughts on Cicada? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a pretty class, you know, classic Flash villain. I like the idea of uh, you know potentially veering back toward a human uh, antagonist. I you know, it sounds like you guys have already discussed the problem with Saboteur and everything else, but leaning constantly on a speedster to fight a speedster is, um, it's like watching a boxing match at some point, unless they're both, you know, really, really experienced and really, really uh, great fighters, it, it kind of gets a little dull. So the notion of someone trying to rid the scourge of metas or rid, <clears throat> you know, it, it'd be interesting how they frame this version of the character uh, and, and why he wants to get rid of the Mendes and why he sees them as the source of all of his pain or the source of all of his anguish. Um, you know, it, it, you know, Brittany had mentioned that somebody's going to die because CW loves to do that. And, and I, obviously she's right. But my, my money's on Wally. I realize you didn't ask everybody, but my money's on Wally. I, How I love, dare you? I cannot. Go back to your corner. <laughs> hey, you know what? Kudos to Dan coming in hot. New guy throwing some elbows, killing people left and names, right. I feel offended. Pissing My off boy Brittany. Wally. No. <laughs> May I ask a question? Because I am a non-comic book person. I did read about Cicada. It feels like a hundred months ago. Uh, you know, at the end of the season when it was announced that that would be the villain for the season. But I don't remember this. He's human. He's not meta. He's meta. Okay, so he's meta. Okay, he's, he's meta. And it looks yeah. like, based on his weapon, like, I guess it does look kind of like the Flash insignia, but I kind of saw Speed Force in it, too. Like, the way that it glowed. It's a crystallized piece of the Speed Force from yeah. the lightning strike. I like it. I can dig it. I mean, usually he looks like, uh, like Play-Doh or something. I'm curious to see if they cast someone who's, uh, you know, the same age as the, the characters portrayed in the comics. It's or if they Chris go, Klein from American yeah, Pie. That's what, I, Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Which, I don't know if they gave him a... Because if, if, you, if you were to Google the character stuff, he kind of has that uh, you know, classic bad guy mustache with a goatee, and it's all gray, and he's... He, sometimes he has a shaved head, sometimes he doesn't. Um, but I'm curious if they gave him kind of that magician look, you know, that classic, uh, you know, the goofy type of... Gonna pull a rabbit out of a hat look, but yeah. 
Oh, that's interesting. And no one mentioned this, so I will. I love that Cecile still has her powers. Yes, that was uh, an interesting was point. She? And what I loved was Joe's reaction to it. Oh, no. Joe was so done this episode. Oh, Joe wasn't like here I, for any of this. Yeah, I felt like I connected with him. Like, uh, like just oh, because of the naps? Spirit animal, because holy shit. <laughs> Brittany loves a nap. Yeah, well, he was just done with everything, but I really liked his scene with Nora. Like, he totally embraced her at the end of the episode. Like, oh, well, here's my grandbaby. And I'm like, oh. So, it's just it's just adorable. Um, I will say that the, the villain, um, he looked really cool. I liked his entrance. I liked his uh, his voiceover. And uh, I don't know if there's any MK fans in here, but he was really giving me strong uh, Cabal uh, vibes there. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with him. I I, I miss threatening um, villains. Like I I mean I loved the thinker last year. I thought he was. I loved watching him descend into madness, but um, I loved him more than I was that than I was fearful of him. So I want to see what they're gonna do with this guy. And before we wrap, I was going to ask if anyone had any other uh, points uh, in the yes. episode they wanted to bring up. Like Jeff brought up uh, D.A. Cecile Horton Wally. Uh, keeping her powers, which I was a little surprised by, and I'm sure they'll do something with that uh, going forward. Did anyone else have any uh, you know, uh, key points or, or little things that they wanted to, uh, to mention? Pick me. I want to talk about Wally. You oh. already stepped in and said one. I, I have a smaller Mine. comment than that. Oh, okay, Brittany. Would you like to talk about someone? Oh, well, not someone, but uh, the fact that Nora said that a cup of coffee was like $40 really made me sad. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> but in inflation, you know, it, it could be that, uh, you know, everything costs that, but maybe everyone's making so much more money. Oh, That's true, okay. but I just can't think of like just having $40 as, you know, pocket change for like a cup of coffee. But then again, I could be gone by the time it's cost that much. So, oh, there my you go. gosh, it's only 30 <laughs> years in the future. Jeff, I assume Wait, you how, have a very shway point to make. I do. Uh, I, I, it broke my heart that Wally is leaving. I've grown to really uh-huh. love the character and Keenan Lonsdale's sort of embodiment of uh, Kid Flash. So the fact that, I mean, I feel like everybody knows, uh, it was announced over the summer that Keenan is stepping away from both uh, the Flash and Legends. And it- yeah, it, it kind of uh, it was a little bit sad, but I like the idea that Wally is out there, and uh, yes, and uh, I believe it was mentioned that he's going to make at least another appearance at some point uh, later on this season. So it was great to have Wally a little bit more in the forefront, especially since this was going to be at least his final episode for a hot minute. And I also like the conversation between Wally and Joe, like, you know, you need to go and finish what you were doing and that kind of thing. So it kind of explains away a lot of, um, like, why Wally is disappearing once again. And I also liked the connection uh, that they had throughout this episode uh, with the Legends. So, yeah, kudos all around. Uh, okay, if no one else has anything, uh, before we move on to the MVP section, I just wanted to ask, you know, uh, we won't do this every week, but we're one episode in. How do you feel about the upcoming season based on the tone of this episode? Pablo, let's start with you. Excited. I feel very, very excited about how everything's going to play out this season. Look forward to seeing how Nora's relationship builds with everybody on the team. I, I look forward to seeing the new Wells come on the show and hopefully exciting things happen from here on in. Dan, your feeling for the upcoming season? Uh, excited. I, I think if the tone sticks with Nora's energy and doesn't sink down, 
A should be a pretty exciting series. Brittany? Um, I'm really hopeful. I love that we got a lot of season one vibes, and I'm hoping that that stays consistent with this season. I think uh, when you compare this premiere to season four, uh, getting Barry back was like exciting and it's like yay but you knew that there were problems coming with him and I can say that it's kind of the same with Nora but I feel a little bit I don't know I feel like it'll be more positive than it will be negative and I'm hoping that that's the way they go um, but either way I liked where everyone is I liked how everything came back so I'm really excited for season five and I, I think maybe I'm uh, or we, because I know uh, we like season four. I, I know a lot of people didn't, um, but I'm excited. I hope it meets season four's expectations or even exceeds them. So I'm excited for this season. And Jeffrey, what are your expectations based on this app? I'm going to echo what I said during my initial reaction. I'm just really excited to see what's to come. I love the vintage flash vibe that was felt throughout the episode and if they can sort of echo that throughout the rest of the season i feel like it's going to be a really strong season i feel like cicada is going to be a killer uh, a villain that's uh, going to be sort of like no holds bar just evil and i'm looking forward to that so that's one vote for evil. Good, good. I'm glad Brittany's not yes. the only one going for evil on a regular basis. No, I'm yes. totally with you guys. I love the tone of the episode. Uh, we've talked in the past, uh, you know, over the uh, the past uh, four seasons that, you know, the first two seasons, it had that sort of bubbly enthusiasm. I think it was Dan who was saying that it was nice to see Nora with that same sort of, uh, you know, bubbly energy and enthusiasm that, uh, that Barry uh, used to have. Um, and, you know, they completely lost that in season three, which I think was their worst season. They tried to get it back last season, uh, uh, to a limited extent, but I think if they can keep that up, if they can find, and maybe that's, you know, uh, giving uh, the minor characters, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, Drunk Cisco or, or Ralph discovering the many-verse, uh, or stuff like that, giving them uh, more comic moments just to lighten it. Uh, I think uh, Flash doesn't work well when they try to be a gritty you know, aerotype show. Uh, it's it should be light because you know ultimately the Flash was, you know, not light in any negative sense, but the Flash was a very positive character. He was you know a classic Silver Age hero, and and I love it when the show sort of unabashedly uh, embraces that tone. And and Nora gives me a lot of hope that uh, we'll get more of that this season. So now it's time for the MVP, our most valuable player. Which character impressed you the most and why? The rules are simple. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. If someone's already mentioned the character you were going to choose, you must select a different one. Oh, of course, the classless thing to do would be for me to go first, so I'm going to go first. No, I'm kidding. I'll throw uh, it over to one of the newbies. Uh, Pablo, who is your MVP? He wasn't really on the show, but he's my MVP pick. It's Eobard Thon. What? Because thanks, thanks to him teaching Barry how to phase, he taught Nora and Wally how to phase, and they ultimately saved the day. The Professor X is the mod, so he can decide if that's appropriate. But I you am know what? looking with the side I'm eye. Going to, I'm going to allow it simply because it means oh, every there's, other character yes. is still on the board. Oh, that is good. very easy for the rest <laughs> of us. Dan, who is your choice for MVP? Well, I was going to go with one character, but I'm going to leave it out there because I'm sure someone else is going to pick it. But in kind of a strange way, I'm going to go with Dibney because he was not trash for, for the rest of the series, but he just had so many character flaws. And seeing them finally kind of turn him around, make him less of a frat boy, 
and then as you guys kind of talked about developing maybe a you know a kind of a, a buddy mystery with with Caitlin to find her dad, really started to set the character you know on a path where I didn't kind of hope he fell into a you know manhole cover or something. <laughs> well, now it's down to the three OG hosts, and uh, I'm guessing that two of the three picks are going to be uh, OG picks. But let's go with Brittany. Who is your pick for MVP in this episode? Oh my God! You give me all the power. You're this. right, it's too much for you. Jeff, who is your MVP? Ah! <laughs> oh my god, that was so sh- shady. It was amazing. Alright, I have actually two that I could pick well, from. Well, you can't do it. No, I know, I know I can't pick two. Uh, um, I will give a shout-out to, to the other one, but I'm going to pick the one that I'm feeling the most passionate about, I'm going to give it to Iris West Allen, Candace Patton. She broke my heart throughout the entire episode. I loved everything that she did. I loved how the character was written throughout the episode. I, I just, I, I loved, this is going to sound wrong, but I love seeing her heartbreak because Candace Patton just played it so beautifully. I love seeing her trying to reach out and connect with Nora, but just, you know, never making that connection. And I also love the hope at the end of the episode in which she was like, oh, I, you know, I have another shot to connect with her. It's just beautifully done and um and she looked good she had the same outfit on that she wore at the party at the end of the season finale where we picked up uh so she looked great and um she was just so good in the uh, throughout the entire episode and Brittany, who is your pick oh my god after you disrespected me i feel like hey, i i, I cut in after your one. long pause you're stalling now i might just <laughs> jump in there and uh, and make my pick well, um, too bad because you already picked me and you can't go back. No, take these back seeds. Okay, I, <laughs> I'm going to pick Nora. I mean, I don't care. I loved her this episode. She was charming. She was adorable. Um, I'm still shocked that she's 34. I don't know. I don't know what she's what the actress is smoking or drinking, but I'll have some of that. But I loved her character. I'm so excited to see more um sides of her i can't i i can't assume i can assume that there's more to her than being awkward and cute and charming there has to be some other things that happen in the future that have to affect you know barry and iris and their dynamic with nora and i'm really excited to see uh the writers explore that but for the premiere i just really loved it uh it reminded me of season one barry and i felt like we needed that after um these past few, you know, dark seasons, and I hope we're returning to form, uh, and I think Nora can help us do that, so Nora for me. Uh, and uh, that leaves uh, me. Uh, fortunately, uh, Barry is still on the uh, uh, the table, and uh, I will pick him. Uh, I thought Grant Gustin played him very well. You know, we had the, the sort of cockiness of the Flash at the beginning, um, his obvious, you know, fears about messing up the timeline because of what he's done, uh, but then I thought he... he uh, played it beautifully when he had that scene uh, with Nora, uh, where he was finding out that he disappeared from her life. He was never there as a father, and this is giving him a chance to be there for those firsts and to uh, to have the experience, not in the way he would have necessarily wanted or planned, uh, but is giving him a second shot, and I think he's going to uh, to see this as a good thing. Uh, and, uh, and again, if Nora can just sort of bring out that, you know, that old flash sparkle and that, uh, flash sense of joy, uh, I think that'll be great for Barry going forward as well. Okay, it's time to rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 lightning bolts. The point system is allowed, uh, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Star Labs Museum, or maybe we should make that the Flash Museum when they finally get around to building it. Brittany, what is your rating of this episode? 
Did you pick me because you think I'm going to pick the highest and we're just going to go down? No, um, I'm just going in reverse go order. Oh, okay. And I don't. I never go first because I don't want to uh, to uh, to poison the pot. Uh, okay. Um, now I feel really pressured because I don't know if... Uh... Oi, Gavalt, Jeff. <laughs> Wait, is this seriously happening again? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's just being extra... Extra it's because savage. he has new people here to entertain. Exactly. I'm establishing a, a pecking order. You already picked. I'm, on, I'm on showing one of them, them not so. to mess with me as the moderator. <laughs> uh, well, I'm teaching them not to take any of your crap, Professor X. But I still love you. It's okay. Um, okay, I'm going to give this episode. Um, well, I'm going to archive it. I can't. I, I mean, that's. I, you know I'm always starting high with these season premieres, but sometimes some of them are just solid. They're good. They're a setup. But if if the season continues to be consistent with this type of tone, uh, I think the premiere episode deserves to be crowned with art being archived because it just it set up everything. And I just love seeing all the characters. Cisco was being really he. W- he was a drunk Cisco, pretty much. And then we got Joe, we got Wally, we got almost everybody in here trying to figure out what's going on. And I just feel like, feel like at its core, that's what te- what Team Arrow, excuse me, that's what Team Flash is. And I really enjoyed seeing that in this premiere. And I was just happy to have everyone back. And I felt happy throughout the entire episode. And I feel like that's what the Flash is, and that that's why it deserves to be archived. So I'm gonna archive this episode. And let's not forget, we didn't just get drunk Cisco, we also got hungover Cisco, so that That's was kind true. of a twofer. Yep. Uh, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey, uh, what is your, M- what's your rating, also, what's your MVP? Uh, what oh, is I your rating for this episode? You know, as tempted as I am, Brittany, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, not that I'm, I'm saying you're evil. I'm glaring at you through the screen. I know, but I'm not, I'm not going to go that high just yet, even though I want I am to. I shocked. I Shock. know. Me too. He always archives more. What's happening here? I know. Maybe it's a little character development. Maybe it's Professor X's bullying. Character regression. I'm just or, kidding. Or it's all Professor X's bullying from last season. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to give it a solid nine. Which is still high. I feel like Professor X is even disappointed in that. But I'm going to give it a solid 9. I thought it was a very good, very solid episode. I really loved it. it you know, I keep on saying this, but it was Vintage Flash. You know, it, was, it felt very much like uh, one of the earlier episodes of the series. I loved uh, all of the various character interactions. We had a little bit of a forgettable meta, but that was fine because it wasn't really all that important anyway. But everyone was uh, firing on all cylinders, and I'm loving uh, what we were introduced to in this episode, sort of like the mythology for this season. So because... Later on, I'm probably going to be archiving everything. I at least want to be able to start off somewhere so that we can see a little bit of growth. And this was Wally's final episode. He was kind of like my backup MVP, although I felt much more strongly about uh, Iris. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Wally before he leaves. But yeah, I'm going to give it nine. Professor X is stunned. Uh, Dan, what is your rating? So I, I can see I'm probably going to be the curmudgeon in this group, but uh, I'm going to go with eight eight point five, uh, largely because it was a forgettable villain. I mean, Flash has a bad habit of just having throwaway villains in the, the course of a 22-episode season. Goodlock was so forgettable that, that it just didn't matter. I, 
it, it was, as I said earlier on, when you guys kind of razzed me about it, it was a little saccharine sweet um, in the best possible way because I do like a return to form. But I think that uh, other than Nor, that might have worked against them a little bit. So I'll go 8.5 because I think there will be growth. I think there will be episodes later on in the season where I'll be at 10 or an archive, but you know, I'm going to give it a solid 8.5. I gave a 9, and you gave an 8.5, and you called yourself the curmudgeon. You're a very nice curmudgeon. Uh, Pablo, it's relative, right? <laughs> we have the, the full spectrum from, you know, a high A-plus to uh, an A-double-plus. So clearly there's a lot of uh, room still out there for you to choose from. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess I'll rate it a 9.5 just because we got so many, you know, Easter eggs. We got so much information thrown at us we we got basically everything that i wanted in the episode to happen to set it up for this season so you know i stand with the 9.5 well once again it falls to me to take the ugly stand that no one else is willing to do and say the words you never thought i'd say Brittany was right this is uh, totally an archived episode <laughs> what um, is happening it was it was topsy-turvy land it was uh, it was joyous. It was fun. It was a uh, you know a, a return to the tone of Flash with you know some darker undertones, but there was that real sense of joy. Uh, they're setting up a great you know future arc. We got introduced to our villain. Uh, we got some Caitlin development, and as I mentioned, we got uh, uh, Fortune's Fool uh, Cisco. Uh, you know, both drunk and hungover. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is definitely. I've watched this episode twice, and it's definitely one that I will watch again. So for me, it is archive worthy. So join us next time for a brand new installment of The Central City Citizen. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Central City Citizen. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night. Good night, Central City. Good night. Good night. Good night, Central City. Good night. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of The Central City Citizen every Thursday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. Good night.